Hello there, and welcome to Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, the Writer's Room podcast dedicated to fixing the Star Wars sequels. Each week we take a closer look at one part of the galaxy, how the sequels ruined it, and how we might fix it in our version. We're currently building up to a six-part writing boot camp to take us through the rest of the year, so stay tuned for that series coming soon. But for now, I'm Bryce Quinn, and I'm joined by Wes Anderson's biggest fanboy, Sandra Carrion. Hi. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We watched some of those shorts the other day that we put on Netflix. We did watch some of the shorts. And he loved all of them. I did. I really enjoyed them. I'm also joined by the venerable Carmelo Keating. Venerable? Yeah. Uh, having to do with the Venator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the Star Wars definition. Yeah. Venatorable. Yeah. The actual definition is accorded a great deal of respect, especially because of age, wisdom, or character. I'm going to go with age. <laughs> Thank you much, Lee. I'm going to go with wisdom and I'm a character. This week, we're talking about the Star Wars underworld or crime world, which has been a long-standing part of the galaxy, seldom explored in mainstream media, but explored quite a bit in auxiliary media. In the sequels, we see a handful of moments of the crime world, but it's not really explored at all. So we're going to rip that apart first to talk about what the sequels did wrong, and then, as usual, move on to some of our ideas for what we would do differently. Sounds good. Okay, so I've got so much stuff in terms of, like, backstory, as in comics and books and that sort of worldly knowledge today. But I think we actually just start with the crime world as we see it in the sequels. I've got literally, like, four things. Yeah. It's such a short list. What do we got? First thing I can remember is the Kanja Club Guavian Death Gangs. Tell that to Kanja Club. Yeah, no, Yeah. yeah. Famously, one of my least favorite scenes yeah. in those in the whole. You're not trilogy. a fan of the Guavian Death Gang. I think they look stupid. Like... I think they look one of, like one of the Naruto masks uh, yeah. from Naruto Shippuden. I'm trying to think. The, little... Like the red circle mask that the guy oh, wears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, right, yeah. Right, right, quick, right. quick thing about that. Those Lego Lego figures because we've got them. They're really cool. Okay. They're actually, a really unique mold. Uh, and they were concept art for the Jedi Killer, who eventually became Kylo Ren. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's fun, but I still don't like them. Then the next one that comes to mind is just Mars Kanata's castle in general. It's yeah, just like right. a crime mm-hmm. hub, sort yep. of like mm-hmm. uh, like Moss Eisley. Yep. Um, I think directly, actually, like Moss Eisley. Yeah, that was just them trying to do the cantina. Because, yeah. and I quote, JJ said, Star Wars needs a cantina. Thanks, JJ. Needs a cantina. The next one I can think of is Canto Bite slash DJ. is sort of on the edge sort of, of the crime world. Yes. Yeah. I sort you, of. You get, you get a bit more of the sort of the... Crime world war profiteering side. Yeah, of it's, yeah, it's like the rich side of crime. It's like white collar crime. Yeah, you see with yeah. like the red mm. one bloom guy yeah. and stuff. And yeah. then after that, Kajimi and Pose revealed criminal past as a spice runner yeah. and talking to yeah. uh, Zori Bliss. It's funny because that entire trilogy, yeah, it likes to like. That's it. I think that's the only crime it, stuff. We yeah, see. it likes to skirt the line in talking about the crime underworld, but never enough. Yeah, that could realistically have been their big villain. Of that whole trilogy. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, yeah. Mm. And I think, you know, with the prequels, it makes sense for it not to be a thing. They You see it like a handful of times with Coruscant and yeah, Bounty yeah, Hunters, yeah. but that's the only place it exists because it's the, the Republic. The Republic has the, the galaxy pretty much in a time of peace. Yep. So it, it makes sense not to see it. But then in New Hope, you see a bunch of the crime stuff because mm. it makes sense to see it there. And it's a mm. cool part of the story. Yep. But here in the sequels... Why is the crime underworld not huge? What's yep. stopping them? No, Nothing exactly. really. Okay, so I've got, a, I've got a bunch of like history stuff because I want to paint a picture of come Return of the Jedi or just after Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. where the crime world is at. Yeah, paint us a picture in terms of things. So we know that obviously from Clone Wars, and if people don't know from Clone Wars season five, and then you see it in some other seasons that there is the Shadow Collective. Yep. Um, run which, by Maul. Run by Maul. Yeah. Which way, it, there's a whole arc there where Maul with. Uh, Pre Vizsla of the Death Watch from the Mandalorians unites the Black Sun, the Hut Clan, uh, the Knight Brothers, which are just like, you know, him and Savage Press and a bunch of others, the Pike yeah. Syndicate, uh, and then like the Mandalorians as well. And they yeah. make, yeah, just like a super criminal empire. Now that stands for a few years before Sidious is like, mm, nah, more. Not a fan of nah, this. I can't be doing that. And then, mm. you know, like we see there. Because Maul's whole thing is trying to usurp Sidious, right? Like he wants to get revenge. Well, actually, he just wants his recognition initially. And then by the time uh. he does get his attention, he's like, Master, I'm back. 
I got this arm. I took Look what I built for yeah, you. Yeah, and he's like, listen, you're old boy, news, buddy. <laughs> you're getting in the way of my plants. Yeah. Fuck off. And then he kills his apprentice. Yeah. He prisons more. More breaks out. There's a whole thing in comics there. The Shadow Collective collapses uh, with the Republic's proper invasion of Mandalore and the Siege of Mandalore in right. Season 7. And then basically Maul has to go underground once he escapes the Jedi Purge. So he forms Crimson Dawn. Mm-hmm. When operating Crimson Dawn, because like at that point, everyone's disbanded. All of those people, hit, all of those different groups that had just united, disbanded. And oh, they're running yeah. their own thing now. Yeah, they're yeah. going back to their old ways. Uh, basically, it's like, yeah, with, with, with now the Jedi dying and the, and the Republic's becoming an empire, it's kind of like, ooh, we kind of have to go underground a little bit. Yeah. Including Maul. So he basically, he gets Dryden Voss, who is this, like, he's literally just a mob boss. He yeah. becomes like the public figure of Crimson Dawn. So that's who we see in Solo. Solo, yeah. Um, these connections, actually, when you when you... When you go through them like this, it's like, oh, they actually are kind of cool. And they make more sense. That, and then Han is, you know, directly tied to that through, through that movie. Yeah. Uh, then, obviously, Dryden Voss gets killed by Kira. Kira then becomes the public figurehead yeah. of, of that. So, quick thing on that. Because I, I'd said previously in other episodes that I didn't know where that all went. The answer for all of this stuff was right under my nose. It's in the comic series that I read. And mm. it's because for a lot of the stuff to do with the huts, I read it ages ago. But I forgot about it. But the Kira stuff is recent. The comic run is only just up to there. So there's this whole bit where between episode five and six, Kira and then and, and, and Crimson Dawn get a hold of Han Solo and Carbonite. Yep. They, st- they steal it from Boba Fett somehow. They do this auction to like the Empire and the other crime syndicates and, and the huts. That all goes belly up. There's another bit in which we find out that Jabba and the Empire were actually like properly in league. Okay. Jabba was on a contract. So this whole time we've been we've been saying it as if it's like Jabba is, is freely allowed to operate. I'm going to say it word for word. So after the, the destruction of the Death Star, the Empire was left in dire need of additional military resources. To increase its supply of weapons, the Empire planned to negotiate with Jabba. And basically, yeah, as long as Jabba complied, the Empire would just allow his whole criminal operation to keep going. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then so basically Kira's whole thing was she wanted to kind of usurp that contract. And get a contract with the Empire for yeah, herself. Yeah, wanted to, yeah, wanted, that's to, what she wanted. wanted to take the Hutt's contract because she had that sort of like key thing that they wanted at this point, which was Han. It all it all went AWOL when it was revealed that Kira and Crimson Dawn's actual plan was to just try and take down Vader. Right. And Palpatine. And right. then they're like, well, we don't do deals with people who try to kill us. Anyway, Crimson Dawn uh, pretty much just went kaput after that. Okay. They disbanded. And then Jabba gets killed in Return of the Jedi. And that's it. And that's... That's the state in, in canon of the yeah. kind of criminal underworld. That's the canon like comics and stuff. Yeah. Because the comics dive a lot into like Hera and her story and that kind of thing. Yeah. So in a really roundabout way, boom, there's your, there's your history. And you said like it was under your nose this whole time. Yeah. What? Well... <laughs> what was your big revelation? That whole like the relationship with Jabba and the Empire. That it was a direct contract. I've read that comic. Right. I, re- okay. I know all that stuff. Yeah. And you just kind of I'd forgot. forgotten it. Yeah. yeah. It was years ago. Okay. So Jabba's got a contract with... Palpatine and yeah. the Empire, basically, yeah, to, to run the, the cooperation. I guess the question is, and we don't see that on screen, and mm. we've you know decided the other day that our canon is the movies, like the live-action movies, yeah. and Clone Wars, and I think that was it, and Andor. And I think that yeah. was the extent of our canon. Yes. So do we include that? Because that's not explicit in the text of the movies, in no, it's Return not. of the Jedi. Here's my thing. Currently uh, where we've left off is Kira is in control of Crimson Dawn. With Solo? With, yeah. With it was live-action Solo, yeah. yeah. Um, and Maul's puppeteering from the background of that look with the things the way the things were left at the end of clone wars and then solo's weird introduction of crimson dawn i think the way that the comics have actually tied it all in is good okay i really like what they've done there and how they've then actually finally bookended kira's story and crimson dawn's story i like the idea that come return of the jedi the criminal empires are sort of like 
done. They're leaderless, yeah. you know, especially like the Hutt clan, leaderless. I think that that gives new opportunity for something else to usurp power. Yeah. That's that's the that's the key pitch, the key direction that I'm taking today is that it's kind of like, right, come Return of the Jedi, back to square one. Jabba the Hutt dies. The criminal empire has no a- any of these, any stuff. of these, yeah, yeah criminal empires. The Huts were on top they kind would, of thing. They would be there were the other leaders, yeah. syndicates and that kind of thing, but Jabba the Hutt was the one who was leading the the race. Uh, now he's dead. Yes. And there's a big power vacuum yeah. there. So that's that's what I really like is that it doesn't require any other sort of like conspiring ahead of time. It's that episode six, boom. The big empires are leaderless, and then in the 20 years between our six and seven. I think the first thing that happens after that is Kira comes up to the gang, right? Han Solo, Leia, and Luke, and she's like, hey, so you actually killed my biggest opposition. And in canon, it says that she's been helping them in some way. Yeah, she allied herself with the Rebellion, essentially. So now does she try and fill that power vacuum? Is that kind of the logical progression there? Well, I think Crimson Dawn's kind of done, so I think that she just tries to contribute to then the final sort of... The final conquering of the empire that we when you dictated done, in the series. What happens? Because as we know, like, so she uh, gets all of her like sort of operatives around the galaxy to just attack the empire. Just, right. Just go, just go hard, go in on the empire, and they lose. At that current stage, everybody in Crimson Dawn is still who we know to be in Crimson Dawn, like from Clone Wars, like those no. gangs, or Crim- it's Crim- just so, yeah, yeah. This Dryden makes it very Voss's clear. Crew. Yeah, Crimson Dawn was is just an offshoot. Okay. It doesn't have the Black Sun. It doesn't have the Pikes. It okay. doesn't have the Huts. Okay. They're just who they are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But those criminal organizations, they still exist. They still exist. Yeah. They're, they're their own thing. They're not united. So cool. I yeah. think the big question mark here is what, what's Darth Maul doing? What's his story in all of this? Mm. Because if Jabba the Hutt dies, the yep. Empire falls, and Darth Maul's still alive, yes. he comes in to fill the power vacuum. Here's the problem, boys. I really like Obi-Wan killing Maul. I'm actually glad you said that. Yeah. Because I have a little pitch. A pitch? little pitchy, pitchy do here. Time, time for it. Let's go. So, I'm gonna, I've combined some of the ideas presented in Kenobi and in Rebels. So, we get to Solo, and he's like, hey, Kira, I'm going to train you some more. You come with me. And the the implication is that she goes to Dathomir. I'm yes. not really interested in exploring that. Oh whole yeah, life. also yeah, Ma- Maul's Maul's hideout is on Dathomir. Yeah, he's, he's hiding out. He's been Dathomir. chilling out there the whole time. Um, which they say right at the end of Solo in that post credit scene kind yeah. of thing. Kenobi has to come out of retirement and rescue Kid Leia. Same as in the Kenobi show, something yeah. happens there, which I thought was a really cool premise. He spent his entire life trying to protect Luke, but for one moment, Leia gets kidnapped by pirates or something uh, as like a political prisoner not no one knows who she actually is but she's in trouble and bail is like hey obi-wan i need you to come and save leia no one else can do it for whatever reason Mm -hmm. i thought that was a cool plot premise kenobi has to come out of retirement to rescue kid leia who's been kidnapped kenobi tries to be sneaky but he inadvertently reveals himself to maul not to darth vader but to darth maul and they have their final showdown on tatooine much like in rebels so it's similar show but instead Mm -hmm. of involving darth vader and having them fight it ends the story of him versus Darth Maul, and you get that, you know, conclusion. That's and then, cool. and then you get uh, this leaves behind Kira, who leads Crimson Dawn in the wake of Maul's death. We talk about this twenty-year gap a lot. Are you thinking that's like sort of where Kenobi is, like right in that like ten-year middle section? Yeah, yeah, before A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, where when Leia's like a uh, ten-year-old, like what do you see in the show? Yeah, yeah. but still after Solo. Um. Because Maul's in Solo, obviously. Yeah, well, so when's what's the timeline yet. on that one? That's also 10 years. Yeah. They're meant to be around similar Pretty close. Times. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah, yeah. Close around that. Okay. Um, yeah, look, um, we, we, we don't need to get into the specifics of the whole <laughs> layer uh, plot of it all, uh, but what you're saying is that, Maul, that Obi-Wan does kill Maul. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Mm. Awesome. Good. Uh, yeah, I, if you yeah. don't like the layer thing, that's like no, a take it or leave we it. Can, we can do that. Like Because I think the important later. thing is that, yeah, Kenobi reveals himself 
like comes out of retirement. Yes. I think the perfect reason for him to come out of retirement is to save Leia. Yeah, I yeah. don't think there's another reason he would do it. My thing is that I like the idea that because uh, if we're going to build the criminal underworld to be this new villain, that at Return of the Jedi there are no figureheads left, or there are no heads of these things left, or there's there's a no power, important ones. Yeah, there's a power vacuum to be taken up there, so that we can craft our brand new you know twenty years of history leading up to our film, in which we can have new characters at the top of all of these things. We don't have to recycle anyone. I agree. No. Do the Pikes not still exist? The Pikes what? exist, but like name a Pike character. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? It's like the names of these things yeah. exist, but you can just repurpose them and add new figureheads to the top. So we yeah. have interesting characters. Exactly. On yeah. like a, a kind of blank slate. Blank slate. That's my pitch for killing Maul in an interesting way. It takes yeah. like the the resolution from Rebels, but uh, like yeah. it makes it a bit more personal between him and Kenobi. And I think, yeah, Kenobi comes out of retirement to save Leia and then reveals himself to Maul. Maul hunts him down and Kenobi kills him. And that's yeah. the story. Uh, but that leaves us with Kira, who I also want to kill because oh yeah, so- I in the in the pursuit of creating a blank canvas mm. for the start of post Return of the Jedi, Fall of Coruscant era. I'm with you. I don't want any new characters, no, yeah, or any old characters. Um, and returning. I think like she's one of those characters that we can kill off within our sort of like series. That would that would be serious. Okay, so you're interested in having her be at the start there, and then she dies. I think she could be a character in yeah. that. You know, there's freedom there. Yeah, it, I did. I mean, the other it, day, it, that, ultimately, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as long as she dies before. Yeah. she has to die well before Force Awakens. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So could she return as like a? Okay, let's say she's leaving Crimson Dawn, and she's like, "Hey, I'm seeing a lot of these ex Imperials leave." I'm actually kind of interested in justice mm. in some no, way. She or like, she's a good person. That's she's a good thing. person, yeah. but she's been kind of corrupted by Maul to hate. She hated Sidious, she hated Vader, and she hated the Empire. Hated the Sith, yeah, yeah. And the Sith. Yeah. Um, so now she's like, I want to aggressively pursue these ex-Imperials. Yeah. And then Han, Leia, and stuff, they're kind of like, we, we're sort of aligned with you, yeah. like ideologically. She'd be, then... kind of become this like Saw Gerrera yeah, kind of like ally. Yeah, extremist uh, yeah, yeah. kind um, of figure. Yeah. But I think that's really cool. I think that was, there's lots of freedom to explore. And yeah, she'd die at some point. And she has to die. And I'm thinking, yeah, kind of like almost yeah. heroically, yeah. Like, a, like, a, like an anti-hero. Yeah, yeah. That's it's, cool. It's funny because where she is in the comics interacting with Leia and Luke and all of them, Han's in Carbonite. So there's not really opportunity to do a love triangle. But in the series... In the series, there could be. Yeah, there definitely could whereas, be. Whereas it's funny because it's like, no, no, okay, very clearly Han's committed himself to Leia. But his first love is back in the picture. <laughs> his first love's back in the picture. And helped rescue him when he was yeah. in Carbonite. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's just awkward tension. Awkward tension moments. for sure. I yeah. think it's a fun yeah. story there. Yeah. Sandro, Sandro, we've been talking for a long time. You got anything for us about it, all of this? I'm just thinking about the love triangle you put it in my head. And was, it won't leave. <laughs> it won't leave. I really like them all with... A layer pitch mainly because there's this there's this weird blank spot in Maul's canon. I, if I we decanonize rebels, which if, we, if we've we, decided we have, which we have, that I just it irritates me every time. And I'm not sure. Maybe I'm just missing something. Maybe it's something I don't know. But when you first meet Maul in Rebels, he's on this Sith planet mm. and he has no way of getting out. He's just stuck on this yep. Sith planet. Yeah, all a ruse. It's I, me- I, we're meant to. Th- think that that's all a ruse i read the wikipedia article for maul is preparation for this because he was the character most interested in for this era and it's literally it says he was looking for sith artifacts he went to malachor looking for sith artifacts and and he crashed his ship like that's what it says (laughs) and he's just he gets trapped there (laughs) dumbass so that they can have him as a hermit on this planet when they when when they rock up yeah right wait no but so he did he lose his communications means of communication like because he's still running crimson dawn at the time he'd just be like wait come pick me up come pick me up yeah. yeah so that's that's the contrivance there yeah. that's what they've yeah. stated to, that, to fill that, that gap. this is the problem with the fact that rebels was way way earlier than solo and then both of those two things are way earlier than the comics which only exist to fill in the gaps so it, yes mm. poor the comics Poor the comics just quick poor thing the like comics. there are some fantastic star wars comics in his new canon 
but none of them get to exist on their own. Yeah. They all exist to serve the bad writing. The, of yeah, movies. The, the the fucking plot holes. Yeah, they gotta. That's yeah, rough, man. They need to fix things. And even after they fix things, like the Emperor burning Yoda's lightsaber, somehow Luke still has Yoda's lightsaber. <laughs> Classic. Uh-huh. You were going on. Then they're writing things Pedro. like Yoda had two lightsabers. I actually, I'm, I'm quite for that. My big question would be if Hera moves into being this sort of anti-hero running Crimson Dawn as a way of catching and like destroying and destroying Imperial, Imperial remnants. remnants. Is she doing that and acting as that as like the de facto sort of big dog in the crime world or is she just out of crime nah, man. She's, um, she's just for her syndicate i feel like yeah just like as the yeah. the big figurehead of just yeah. crimson dawn because yeah, yeah right because because what, what i like though is like you know for our trilogy if we're going to reunite all of the criminal syndicates into one big empire again it's like this is the first time since maul this is the first time since the clone wars that something like this has happened yeah but on a grander scale where it's not because that was all them vying for power you know we knew that it was like maul's going to backstab some, uh, like uh, um previsla and previsla's going to backstab maul this is some reason they were being able to unite under one yeah. power from one person perhaps your gendai that's you know, what i was gonna ask so, um yeah anyway so do you guys have any alternate pictures of who could be uniting them and also for what purpose are they uniting is the underworld uniting into this one force okay, or this so one big empire i got a crime empire i got a pitch on sort of like some some sort of backstory stuff that might lead into that something that i've spoken about before that the rebels in in the days of the the fall of the empire the rebels partnered with some criminal organizations to help take down the empire within their regions okay. kind of like a reverse of like as i said before if the Empire struck a deal with Jabba for more resources. Same deal. Rebels yeah. struck a deal with whoever to help take down the Empire. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Actually, you know what? I missed something from earlier. Just in terms of like context we've talked about so far, in the wake of the end of the Civil War, the yep. Battle of Endor, yep. the, the Empire loses. The crime world goes through a huge upheaval for a couple of reasons. Firstly, Coruscant gets destroyed. That's one of our big yeah, yeah, yeah. things. And that that's, that's a seat kind of... of a lot of stuff meaning the entire underworld of that planet has to relocate mm. which is a huge upheaval right yeah secondly the empire is fractured leaving behind a huge power vacuum and thirdly the rebels owe the underworld a number of debts i'm yes. imagining saw guerrera and luthan rail to be a part of this oh wait no wait no what what you don't think luthan would have made deals either uh well uh, here's the problem yeah they would have made deals so but, but saw dies in rogue one and so does luthan in andor probably well, yeah almost definitely Very, yeah yeah like guarantee yeah. but no yes those same sort of deals like the the fact that yeah the rebellion was kind of built off the back of empty promises to the criminal um, uh, like underworld and that it comes full circle again they need to help them and that yeah that there would be massive bad blood now 20 years later because who's leading the rebels when we get to post return of the jedi it's han leia not necessarily luke as much but mon mothma still, yeah, and lando yeah, yeah. And Mon Mothma definitely made deals. And then all of these criminals come up and they're yeah. like, hey, yeah. the bill comes yeah. due. And I think... <laughs> and all these people are like, oh, yeah. but we're good guys now. We don't want to do this. There is a very key inspiration we need to take from history when it comes to this because it's okay. so, so interesting. That is the sort of the, the, the Allied takeover of Italy. This is um, World War II? Yeah, this is World War II. This is with the, the US uh, and the Britons. They partnered up with their sort of their mob friends in New York. Oh, Wow who spoke to their family in Sicily and said, oi, put down your guns. Interesting. Yeah. And so the, the allies basically owed a massive debt to, to the mob in, in New York. Interesting. Yeah. And is that in like, in, in some part, what led to them having so much power and kind of yeah, and then it was and also resources. like it was also the Italian attitude towards the war was shifting. You know, like they didn't like Mussolini, they didn't want to fight New War and eventually anymore, and they were eventually just like, yeah, yeah, fuck it, no. But like in in terms of US owing them that debt, you see all of these mafia movies and like post World War Two, yep. how strong yep. the mafia yep. was in New York, and in dude, particular. it was yeah, and then it wasn't until like Rudy Giuliani in the eighties, yeah, who went after the mob. 
and could have sort of like took away their sort of power. And then, you know, so much of that period of the mafia and the mob having yeah, like so a, much power. 30 years of like, Has inspired so many stories and Gotham City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like so much of pop culture and stuff. Yeah. It's and interesting then, that the World War II stuff kind of led to that in a way. There's some, you know, there's some direct ties we can take there. Absolutely. There's some yeah. direct ties you yeah. can, yeah, take and just talk about. Like, oh, well, I guess the New Republic owes the mob, in this in this case, the underworld, uh, so much power and resources back after them helping to win the war. Mm. So that helps build this first wave of the underworld, who is kind of decimated at the yep. start of the story. Yes. Mm. Instantly, they're like, okay, cool. We've got a bit of a foundation to yep. build from yep. here. This is great. And then the New Republic's like, don't get cocky. Like, stay in your place. Yeah, and the yeah, underworld yeah. says, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, sorry, we're going to focus on this enemy now and, and chasing all the empire out of space Argentina and all of that sort of stuff. You wait right there. Don't think we're not coming for you next. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, we're cool for now, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. going to change soon enough. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, in terms of who could actually unite it. That's my question. Yes. Now, I like your thing about the Gendai. My, my, my thing about the Gendai is... I like all of this history, okay. this current history when it comes to the criminal underworld. I, yeah, I think I like the idea that he's just new. Okay. That he, he, sure, he's an ancient being, but that he actually hasn't really had a foot in it at all. Yeah. That he's mm. a self-made man. No, that's fine. That it, he it, sees it, this power vacuum and like any great sort of like dictator throughout history has done, sees the power vacuum, sees the need and is able to unite people around that need. So in this case, mm. their need is they're decimated by the, by the fact that they don't have leaders. They've been fucked over by the rebels. They've been hard done by as individual crime syndicates. But no. if they were to unite. I like that as well. I'd actually never imagined the Gendai as some kind of great uniter. Mm. I'd imagine it was just like a mob boss who has a bit more power and influence than you might expect because he's smarter and older than everyone else. Yeah. Well, what if it's what if he's, you know, starting his new dynasty? Because the thing that we know with mob bosses is I don't is have a problem with this as well. It's families and it's this inherited yeah. response. But if he's just like, I see all your families. Your families are in. Oh, we're you're we're in, one big family now. Yeah, How about yeah, yeah. we all coming to be well, in my family? That's the thing. It's like, and, and then in terms of their motivation, it's very simple. They've always been on the outside of society. Mm -hmm. As long as the Republic stood, you know, the cr criminal empire, empire was repressed. When, when, when the empire itself came about, um, they had to strike deals simply to get by. And mm. now this new, new Republic, this new group has also fucked them over. They've been fucked over forever they want power they want influence they want to be the ultimate voice in the galaxy and then that's what maybe the gendai promises yeah. them yeah they he comes in and he's like hey let's all unite under this one banner the new republic is weak yeah. we can be strong let's not operate in secret we've yeah. got the resources we've got the weaponry because yeah. you know we've we, that's, we, we, we've taken over some planets that are designed for scrapping star destroyers and now we have that yeah <laughs> like, we have yeah. all these we don't have to have a, a functioning economy based on we've got to pay people We'll enslave an we entire have planet. Slaves, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to learn from what the Empire did. Absolutely. Um, so if he comes in with that kind of conquering mentality mm. and directs that at the yeah. underworld, that and I want to really see, I want to see that scene. You want to see that? I want to see that scene of him, like fucking Pirates of the Caribbean, with the all of the you know the pirate kings. Yeah. Uh, and and it's uniting the pirate kings, sort of thing. And you know who was also going to see to this table? Who is an interesting character? Maybe we chuck in there as well. Is Hondo? Uh, God damn it! Yes. <laughs> I was on the phone last night with Sandra, and he was also like, "Let's put in fucking Hondo and Naka." Yeah, but Hondo is like ancient, sketchy, ancient. He's but, so old but in also, Rebels. Also an ally. He's mm. so old an in ally. Rebels. Hondo, How would he be he, around for this? He, he's older in Rebels, so he's like in his forties in Clone Wars. I'd say he looks pretty 60s old in Rebels. In Rebels. 
I want to say that his species Don't just lives a bit longer. shame him. What are you talking about? His, I want old man Hondo. He's not. He's not a valuable ally. He's not a trusted ally in either case with the, with the criminal world or the rebels. He could be cool. He reminds so me of, and this is a D&D reference, he reminds me of Volothamp Gedarm, also known as Volo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, he's, where he's just a he's shitty similar. idiot who's around all Volo's the time. Volo's Monsters, Book of Monsters. That's exactly what he is. He is a shitty idiot. I am not super keen on Hondo Onaka, just because he's like, he's so silly that he belongs yeah, in cartoons. Yeah, this isn't a hill I'm going to die on. He's, he, yeah. he doesn't belong in live action to me. I'd li- I my, like him to have opinion. some lore, but I think he dies before the, the end of the Empire. Yeah, but he was helpful. He was helpful. They, knew, sure. they, they made fr- friends. He helped the rebels yeah, yeah. at some point. Okay. Your Gendag dude, who is different. He's going to have to be different. So if anyone has like, not been listening to the rest of the show, a Gendai is an ancient creature. They live for like a thousand years and they're made of tentacles. And there's one in Jedi Fallen Order and there's one, the video game, and there's one in the Clone Wars animated 2D series yep. named Dirge. Yes. Do yourself a favor. He seemed really cool. For the love of God, go on Disney Plus if you have Disney Plus. Go look up the original Clone Wars animated series and go watch Dirge's scenes because, like, that entire show is not canon. But some of the craziest, coolest shit happens. Like, like Grievous in that is amazing. Yeah, Grievous is terrifying. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so is Mace Windu. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and Dirge. Yeah, so cool. So what does Dirge actually get up to in that show? And does he die? So he's kind of like in the same way as Grievous, hired as some sort of like leader of troops. He's he's a bounty hunter, and he does die. Wink, nudge. He's because he's like Venom. That's the thing. He's you know. So Obi Wan kills him. He explodes, and then we see a bit of his flesh still start to move. Oh, it's a little tease. Yeah, let's have just Dirge be the Gendai. And then there's a whole comic series (laughs) dedicated to to Dirge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we could have the Gend. Because he still lives. Like, they any, live for a any, long any, time. And he looks like amazing. The... But just don't have him be involved in anything. Like, well, let's restart his whole history. I am personally more invested in the Gendai being a separate character, mainly because I want to see him act differently to how we've seen the like, Gendai in the past. Okay. okay. Yeah. In the past two iterations. I'm imagining somebody who's, like, more of a mob boss, more strategic, power with words, rather more than ah. going in and being a warlord, which is a pitch that I have for another character There's a bit getting more closer to the end. Like Thrawn? A bit more like Thrawn? Because he's like an officer and yeah. a military strategist. Yes. What I like the idea with this Gendai dude, though, is that, he's, yes, if, he's, if his power is in his words, he's a bit, a bit more like Sidious. But it's like, if you were to actually fight him, and I think this would be a really great surprise, this guy can actually fight, you know, and then our characters would maybe get a moment with that, where it's like, they actually do, you know, think they've got this guy cornered, and then they get an opportunity to go toe-to-toe with him, like, fuck. And he, like, wrecks for this yeah. ancient, yeah. powerful, almost indestructible being. No, that could be cool. Yeah. I really no like matter that. what, you're still dealing with the fact that he's an indestructible being. I think the idea of, like, a mob boss is just really cool. Like, yeah. having a Star Wars mob boss who's kind of running the show without, like, being necessarily a warlord. Yeah. Someone who is uh, a mafioso, yeah. in a sense. It's, in a way, you know, Dryden Voss aside, unseen, especially in the mainstream Star Wars. Mm. So this would be this would be an opportunity for us to actually explore a really unique and new a, character. A, a fun thing about those kinds of stories is that a lot of the time, they you can walk right into what their place of business is and talk to them and have a conversation. But there's a bunch of dudes standing really imposingly around you. They kind of run a semi-legitimate thing. Yeah. They're kind of running something that you could ostensibly call a business. But everyone knows knows it's not legit that doesn't mean you can arrest them no yeah <laughs> because how are you going to get away with no, it exactly. if they you own the court to you know? yeah uh and i think we need to take inspiration from some of the great uh mob bosses from cinema uh the mole from zootopia yeah <laughs> yeah yep. i mean Absolutely. yeah he's great yeah, yeah. Um, i was thinking the the uh, falcone 
from Gotham and stuff. Right. And yep. like, so the, the many TV shows, comics, and movies of, of Batman. You weren't thinking about the mole from Zootopia? No, I, I wasn't I, thinking about I the mole from straight Zootopia. to the mole from Zootopia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know that um, the Vito Corleone was actually based on the mole from Zootopia? Oh, yeah, yeah right. oh, it was that way. Of yeah. Course. God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So that's that's really fun. I really like that. And it's it's a different kind of like scheming. It's it's not quite scheme, scheming, but it's a different kind of like playing in the shadows that you'd usually see like opposed to Palpatine where it's very like manipulative. Manipulating politics as opposed to manipulating money. Whereas like you're still you're still coming out of something when you make a deal with this Gendai, but it's like making a deal with the devil. Yeah. Like he now has something on you and you owe him. No, I like that. Now. Okay. Where I think this poises the first order or Phasma and, and her group to be is is perfect because they I would I would see them being in direct opposition to this. Okay. Criminal Empire is building. And that is like pinnacle of anti-imperial sentiment. It's chaos, it's lack of order, lack of structure, lack of uniformity. And all know? the money is with the wrong people. Yeah, exactly. And you know, so if she's then able to do her manipulations, get her first order group as as we've been pitching for so long, maybe that we're still kind of revising, but have them be the military power for the new republic that puts her with this vast majority starts a new war between a massive building enemy that she hates that is full of shit that also i still think would have ex-imperial warlords as a part of it uh and so that would be interesting to see her yeah i think yeah with ex- some of her exploring free- the imperial yeah. remnant that was able to successfully kind of escape to the outer rim and build up from there and then having her like collect them all like pokemon and come along and say like here's all my warlords we're gonna fight the mafia the Gendai is like why are you guys fighting me i'm just running a business yeah. i'm just a <laughs> businessman you know i um, think that's really fun yes now, my, but my whole thing of like having the criminal un- underworld being like, I guess the key one, one of the key, but the key, I still think they're the key villain to me. Okay. This trilogy, like, like you know, the, any sort of imperial remnant is still there. But I'm more interested in exploring. So, like from the first one, it's like, okay, we know this criminal empire is, is the villains. In eight, I want to take a bit more of a deep dive, maybe through a planet that's a bit more neutral. Still a part of it all, but something that our, our, our heroes are able to ally themselves with and talk with the leader of. Well, we've talked a lot about like the mid rim planets where the new republic hasn't protected they're not protecting them yeah and like the jedi are coming in to try and save those kind of planets yes. and work with them because they don't want to join the new republic but they also don't want to get taken over by the underworld yeah i want to look at over the course of things the morality of crime the morality of why cr- this criminal underworld exists and why you know in the case of some people who are just smugglers bounty hunters uh, spice runners why they do what they do and and the fact that it's like being linked to crime doesn't always mean you're a bad person sometimes people have no other choice you know, looking at like mirroring the shift we see from the real world yeah. in, in in this with with these uh, this storyline. I agree, and I'm really interested in this direction with the Gendai as well. If his tactic is to be a sort of mob boss, you're not going to see straight up warfare in his uh, initial tactics. That might come later. What I'm imagining now is they're cutting off supply chains to this planet, so yeah. they can't like eat without buying money from the mafia. Yeah. They Wait, can't sleep or they're, they're have taxing safety. the trade route of Naboo. They're, they're taxing the trade routes. Yeah, <laughs> not even taxing, just like yeah. like killing people who come. Yeah, 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 and yeah, saying, yeah. oh no, I guess yeah. your ship crashed. Yeah. What are you going to eat? Do you want to buy money from us? Yeah. Blo- oh, buy, so you want to buy money? Do you want to buy, buy food money. from us? Blockading planets like Naboo? I mean, there's something interesting there in the sense of like giving them no other option but to make a deal. Yeah. Uh, something that you see, and I'm going to go back to some old Bryce stuff with uh, Avatar, The Legend of Korra. 
in particular. Yep. Oh, in yeah. In season four, uh, there's a villain named Kuvira. And what she does is she goes up to these places and she says, you join with me, become part of my empire and I control you and you get a bunch of food. And then they say no. And then a bunch of bandits come along and steal all their food and shit. Right. And yes. they have no choice but to, to sign up and join the yes. empire kind of thing. There is no war in Barsing, say. Um. <laughs> yeah. But I think there's something interesting there as well. Like the mafia, like we're not going to directly invade your planet, but we're going to give you no choice but to join with us and for us to take over basically. Yes. So where are we at now? Good question. Yeah. We liking this? Sandro, again, we've been talking a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you got anything you want to chime in with? Well, I think that kind of segues into the, this thing that we were talking about uh, a tiny bit yesterday when you called me randomly. Yep. This idea that I've been pondering around of who's Phasma, what's her character, yeah, right. how is she yep. different as a villain to some other Was this the call you guys did yesterday that yes. I heard that I wasn't a part of? You were at work. I would have called you. No, no, I was here. No, no, no. What, you what said time was at this? work? I said you were at work because you were at work at like 10 o'clock at night. Oh, 10 o'clock, like yeah, nine, right. Okay. Eight, eight right. or nine o'clock. You guys oh. also spoke earlier in the day. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sandra called me. Anyway, right. doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, 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 right. Okay, anyway. Phasma. Phasma. Um, leading closer to the start of our trilogy. Yeah. Start of Force Awakens. The start of Force Awakens. Maybe a year, maybe a few, like half a year. We see the criminal underworld has a pretty strong hold on the mid-rim. Whether that be solely the Gendai or, you know, the majority of the Gendai and then some other small crime factions on other planets on the mid-rim, they have a pretty good occupation of the mid-rim. It's crime. It's rampant, but it's not like like death in the streets kind of thing, but it's enough to be concerning for the New Republic. The New Republic are thinking, mm, this is clearly the major threat to the galaxy right now, okay. is this crime empire that's been unchecked for so long. Yeah, yeah. Phasma comes in, and Phasma, in my eyes now, is playing a bit more as a warlord. She's coming in. She's. We made this joke. She's almost. She comes in as almost like a space Davy Jones. She <laughs> okay. She comes in with um, with face tentacles. Gets, gets rid absolutely. of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she gets rid of the crime factions on a good few planets. Gives them the opportunity to join her force and begins to occupy those planets. Her end goal is to have done this to every crime faction planet in the mid rim so that she can eventually have enough troops to just close in on, on the, the core new, worlds on the core worlds take over the new republic and take over the new oh, okay. republic by right. force where do we this is off screen this is like leading up to this force awakens up so we force see awakens. her doing this during force awakens yeah so her plan is to come in but like by the time we get to force awakens she only has like maybe like one third of the the mid rim sort of like under her control Feels like three different factions involved in a war. Yeah, Whereas, it's, it's weird because I was trying to think of like, what is Phasma's character and what is she doing? Yeah, my, my thing What's is. What's her like, direction? I don't mind the seven starting with uh, three different people because it's like, you know, it's a, it is what it is. The galaxy is a bit different. Um, yeah. You know, not everything's unified. But by the end of seven, we have a very clear this side and this side. Now, our heroes are, still have the heroes in their own middle ground on the outskirts of society. That's fine. But the fact that. In terms of what's the galactic war, it's this side versus this side. That's why I've been trying to like align Phasma with the with the New Republic. No, I think there's uh, a huge amount of value there in in a, in having it be like this conflict that is this side versus this side. It's in just, this, in this case, very, it's Underworld versus yeah, New Republic. It's very simple because like the the only times in Star Wars where you get to explore the middle ground is when you have time. In Clone Wars, you see so many planets that aren't separatists, that aren't New Republic, because you've got episodes on episodes to be able to... Yeah, to decide and to help, uh, to watch their journey as yeah. they figure out where they align. And because, well, God knows why, though, that always ends in uh, those planets al allying themselves. With, they always align with... It, it, the, those planets in those arcs will always start independent and then align with the separatists or the New Republic, mm. or, with, or with the Republic. 
Well, I think that's, you know, that's the story. That's the interesting thing you want to see. Yeah. Yeah. The idea would be that off screen, like, uh, not off screen, sorry, but like to the New Republic and to like someone like Hux, this, this is seen as like, this is a justice, like Phasma's doing the right thing. She's coming in and she's freeing these mid-rim worlds of their crime corruption. So like, it's a good public image. Her overall goal is nefarious. Right. Is she doing it for hire? No, she's not. We had a, yeah, we were just tossing ideas around yesterday that she's doing it because, like, she's trying to accumulate power as a warlord character. Yeah. Like, that's right. her drive. Okay. And her her direction and her goal is, like, well, I know violence. I know war. I can do that really well. So I'm going to Davy Jones my way through all these uh, mid-rim worlds. If that can be shown on screen, end with her, the, her group allying with the New Republic and have them not openly feel or look like the empire because we need a reason to trust them. If those three things can happen, then I don't see why that can't happen. And this is where the Knights of Ren pitch comes in. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we tossed this around the other day where they look like knights and they don't look like stormtroopers. They look like like knights and they have like cool knight armor and... They're They're on a crusade. Yeah, to the, reclaim the, land. Yeah, yeah, they're on a they're on a weird crusade. That isn't theirs. So Phasma, in our, real crusaders. In our minds, Phasma is still an imperial loyalist, but she's smarter than the rest of them. She knows that like no one's gonna side with her if she wears the stormtrooper. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she goes on this crusade, changes the armor, but keeps the imperialism in her mind. Her troops do not. Her troops are they stick true to like we are the Knights of Ren. We are here for justice. To to scratch your rich, Bryce. Okay. If some other imperial warlord took power on on a on a underworld planet and they still had their soldiers wearing like scruff old stormtrooper armor satisfied oh yeah no that'd yeah. be great yeah um and he still wears all of his medals and whatever yeah, yeah. like no i think yeah. that character definitely exists oh for I sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and then yeah so you get the knights of ren and then hux invites them like hey come to the the core worlds yeah. come and uh join us oh, here and quick thing that, like that we're thing. calling sorry we're calling the first order the knights of ren because they are knights yeah so yeah, that's yeah. kind of our uh, one of our more recent pitches is just changing it up so that they look and act differently and the people who are in this faction believe different things yeah. phasma has lied to them the yeah. real purpose yeah, yeah, yeah. is to restore the empire but oh. she hasn't told them that but she's still kind of feeding them like imperial ideals yeah just absolutely like, like reskinned uh, we're like taking over because we know better and people yeah. can benefit from our rule i've always liked the idea that the first order in this trilogy are like what if the jedi were fucked <laughs> mm. what if the jedi didn't have, they didn't have the lightsabers or the force but what if it's this it's literally a mirror image of the jedi but just just darker uh where you know they did kidnap a bunch of children they've trained them to be soldiers yeah they have no they don't they, you know it's more like jedi and the clone wars they're, they're just trained to fight and they still have their their routine and their service to like a, a higher authority which in this case is order so this would kind of lead to by the start of the force awakens yeah phasma's not taken control of the entire mid-rim because if she did she would have already invaded invaded yeah. the core world you reckon we see familiar planets or maybe familiarly named planets and stuff like that yeah for sure yeah yeah see why not no yeah. absolutely cool. we could like rodeo i don't really know rodeo. much about, yeah bryce likes the rodians <laughs> i do like the rodians Rodians yeah. cool rodeans uh cool. they're like a very star wars design to me but yeah. i don't know many mid-rim planets they're the usually the least interesting ones well they're the it's one... outer rim is crime <laughs> and then core worlds is coruscant we see we see a lot of them though um oh, okay. planets i think yeah, in clone wars at least oh, other, okay. well other, i have other media. <laughs> yeah. um but no you're right in the movies we either do see core or outer yeah like, usually, like even yeah. like fucking for whatever reason the original trilogy planets all seem to be in one area like 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 um off yeah empire strikes back hoth dagobah and mm. bespin are all in one very similar corner of the galaxy yeah <laughs> yeah sure why not We'll align it like pizza shapes, but by movie. 
Look, man, I don't know how they. Put, I don't know who put the galactic map together, but it's or, stupid or how. But yeah. it's a it's a it's a wacky shape. It's a wacky shape. It's a wacky thing. Yeah. I don't get it. I also don't like the whole that like you know if you look at the galactic map, you know they've got the unknown regions where it's like okay, so if it's pizza shape, uh, then there's a whole slice that's like twenty percent slice of the galaxy off to that side is undiscovered. But it's like. But it's not like it's far away. <laughs> it's just there. I think, what the fuck? I think something that's missing from the, the galactic map that you can find online pretty... The, the interactive one. Yeah. It's, there's no like hyperspace lanes put on that map. No. There, oh, there are, I, there are like in other maps. There is other maps with hyperspace yeah. lanes on them. But I think there's no canon understanding of those hyperspace lanes. And no. I think they change from map to map. Because it's a story. It's a pop action story. So if you need to jump from one planet to another, yeah. you kind of just do it yeah. in the show, yeah. in the movie, whatever. So all these canon people trying to go in through and retroactively, they're like, oh, if they jump from here to here, surely there's a lane there. Yeah. Like, dude, uh, how much can you really do? It's also not 3D. It's so also not 3D because space is 3D. Stupid 2D maps. And if you know how galaxies work, they're like moving through space in like a big spiral and shit. It's a, it's a whole thing. Gosh, that derailed so fast. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're qualified to talk about science. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Absolutely we are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just as qualified as we are to talk about writing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so other uh, topics we can approach. Yeah, what the, the fuck? economy. Yeah, well, yeah, what were we so talking about? Yeah. Maybe like one third to half of the mid-rim, she's started conquering by the start of yeah. the... And I mean, you don't even need to put a number on it. Rec- just like yeah, reclaiming planets. these planets. planets from the underworld. So she's targeting the underworld. She's not going after planets that maybe are like being left alone right now. So, yeah, yeah. Right. She's reclaimed some of those and she's now kind mm-hmm. of governing. Yeah, yeah. so public Christ image, Allah. it looks good. She's... She just needs to. She just needs her public image to look good enough until she has the entire mid rim. So then she can close in. Right. Yeah. Although her plans slightly change after she meets Hux. Yeah. Well, that's the picture that we were throwing out because then you know what's what does the first movie look like if she just succeeds and then is in the New Republic? Because then the first movie ends with us kind of ousting our main characters from the New Republic. Yeah. And it's just a dour ending, and they yeah. don't they don't win. No, no, no. That's the the, the hopeful ending is that our characters are together. But like, I, look, I think way back to remember back to my first draft and stuff like that. I've always had this movie ultimately being a bit darker. Yeah. Because then you, you think about it in terms of this as a sequel. We just had the most upbeat, fantastic ending from Return of the Jedi. Mm. Uh, closed book. You shouldn't reopen that book. Dear God, why the fuck are we opening the book again? <laughs> so if you're gonna do it, you can't have the heroes be winning. Yeah. Know? You don't um, think they can win in the first movie? They have to kind of lose I in a way? I think their personal win is that they get away. Yeah. <laughs> that, they, that At the end, they live to fight another day. That's their win. Yeah. But but the galaxy, by the end of the first film, the galaxy is at war again. That's mm. not a win. That can't be a win. Because it has to be at war. Because why does this trilogy exist? What are we fighting Yeah, no, for? Star Wars is kind of the key mm. thing. We yeah. do need a war of some kind. And, so, I think, yeah. Yeah. and I've always pitched, yeah, that this film is is more of like the uh, the Attack of the Clones. So I'll get to the, like the weird spirally part of the pitch. That's the more comfortable part of the pitch. We'll get to the spirally part of the pitch because oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is where we might lose you or you might like it. Uh, Force Awakens starts and Phasma's one third of the mid rim. Hux comes to her and is like, hey, we've seen what you're doing. It's actually really good. Do you want to come in and join the New Republic as, you know, our privatized militia? On screen, off screen. On screen. My pitch was that Phasma needs to make a move this movie and yep. do a hostile takeover. Of the New Republic. Ooh, was that? Does that have to be hostile? I don't see her as smart enough to pull off overthrowing, like corrupting from the inside. That's right. just I just don't see her. If she's a warlord, if she's conquering people, then she is not also a politician. If that makes sense, right. I, I can't see her as both. 
fuck, so what happens? <laughs> she tries to do a hostile takeover. She and tries loses. to do a hostile takeover, but she doesn't even have... Oh, you're saying the villain lose? That's what yeah. I'm saying. That's why I said we should do this off camera because yeah. it's very There's a different lot. to different. what Miller yeah. has in mind. <laughs> Let's leave this. Um, Let's leave this, this for another yeah. time. Yeah. My point being that by the end of seven, though, we've got our united criminal empire. Yeah. And I like this. I yes. want to run with this for a yeah. sec. So, yeah. Phasma, you've said, is like, okay. If you let's run with the Knights of Ren thing, she allies with the New Republic, yes, and they are fighting against yes, because the, they're the they're they're an actual you know military force, which yeah. is what the Republic needs. And then when we start in Episode Eight, we have our heroes, which is Han, Luke, Leia, Lando, and then and the Jedi, Ray and Ben, I yeah. suppose, depending yeah. on where Ben's at in his in his story. Their story is now okay. We've got the crime underworld who are bad, yeah, and we've mm-hmm. got the New Republic who we are, we know are being corrupted by Imperial loyalists. Yes, I suppose they would know. They'd be the only ones who would know, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then so that's that's my point is that our heroes have a, a, a trying to stop a war that that you know is like it doesn't need to happen in yeah. the first place that <clears throat> the people who are meant to be the good people are corrupted their military force is evil and then there is this other enemy that you do have to take care of yeah so to me it's like what's interesting there is okay right tackle the villain first so i'm seeing episode eight they go in they try to like basically they focus all their energy on the criminal empire what it, gather whatever uh allies and whatever they have and try and like espionage go in take out the criminal empire episode eight that leaves you then in episode nine was like okay cool so the big bad guys conquered and yet the new republic is still corrupted and then we get to see some sort of like uprising one of the really th- interesting things i i actually probably the one good thing about colin trevorrow's episode nine draft was that they had this sort of people's uprising mm. like a revolution that was led by finn no i think that's cool as well um and something we've had since early days of talking about finn is him leading an uprising uh like him being the person who leaves either the first order or the knights of ren finds the truth and then teaches everyone else the truth and he is kind of like the figurehead for yeah, that uprising. like he's the he's the public hero yeah um who fights the public villain whereas the jedi as they always tend to be are the behind closed doors hero okay. fighting the behind closed you doors don't think villain. luke is like the the he figurehead is, hero, he is hero because the of the death of star turn. aspect of it yeah but in Return of the Jedi, again, when it comes to like legend and it's like, oh, Luke Skywalker killed both the Sith. He walked into the Death Star and walked out yeah, alive. With, with two dead Sith. Yeah. yeah. He would be as well. I don't know. That's tricky. It's yeah, tricky to understand like what is the public perception of Jedi. And I think a lot of people are just like, oh, they're kind of weird space wizards who might have magic, but we don't, we're, no one's seen it. Yeah. In the past, like, yeah. 40 years. So. There, there's the, the other tricky thing, though, is like, okay, so in terms of our heroes and then our villains, where's the, how do they intersect? Yeah. So with the Gendai and our heroes, how do they intersect? So I've been imagining Mafia style, he invites them there, or they mm. go there and they make a deal. Or they're, like, trying to, like, the Mafia guy, the, the Gendai, is yeah. trying to make deals with people. Yeah. That's the way he wins, is by getting people indebted to him, and then they can never escape. So that's what he's trying to do. And, you know, our heroes are like, absolutely not. <laughs> We're here to kill you or to take you down kind of thing. But it's just, I want it to be not that simple. I don't want it to be like Superman versus Lex Luthor. I Sorry, I want it to be like Superman versus Lex Luthor. He can't just kill him. But Lex Luthor's really, really smart and crafty. And he's always inventing all of these these moves and these schemes and that kind of thing to outsmart Superman. That's why he's such a good villain for Superman. I am curious then within this... Uh, just taking a step back to prior to the start of the sequel trilogy, yep. do you see the crime world already united? I think it might be easier if they are. Yeah, I right. think, yeah, being united underneath um, the mob boss is cool. Because it's like, sure, there's a whole backstory there, but it's like, it's a, it's a line in the opening crawl. Oh, that's mm. what I was going to say earlier. Jesus Christ, keeping our, our opening crawl uh, down is going to be tricky. I've written many alter, uh, like alternative opening crawls for like different treatments and stuff we've done before. It is pr- pretty simple to cut it down, but that's going to have to be like, the lines are pretty clear. The criminal empire has has has, has united. The, the the Knights of Ren uh taking back territory. The New Republic 
isn't a fan of the Jedi. Done. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the shape of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some other pitches. Yeah, go on. Pretty much unrelated to nah, this. No, that's fine. Um, so we've talked a lot about Ray as a bounty hunter, yeah. which is fun. So Ray, ha- our main character having a foot in the criminal world when they're the big bad makes sense. And depending on how we start the story with Luke and Ben being engaged actively in peacekeeping efforts in the midrim where all this conflict is happening would be grounds for potentially a bounty to put, put on Ben and Luke's head, which is why I've got Ray as the bounty hunter and she has gotten the bounty along with six other bounty hunters. So there's kind six. of like a fun uh, plot premise here is that so we've got seven sort of crime families who have gotten these bounty pucks and they're like holy shit these bounty pucks are worth like a million credits or whatever Did we talk about bounty, bounty pucks already we've talked about chain code and like tracking stuff oh okay. a bounty pucks just the thing with the oh just the bounty yeah just the bounty so there's seven of those that have been made and they've been handed out one for each crime family and the crime mafioso the head of that family underneath you know the table no this isn't john wick <laughs> underneath um the gendai they all operate with underneath him but they've all gotten the seven different families have gotten these pucks and they can give it to their best bounty hunter and ankar plot who is the head of uh ray's one where she lives has given it to ray not because she's the best but because she's the worst and the cheapest so he's like if you get it i get a bunch of money if you don't i don't lose anything so it's fine and that's why she gets the puck. that seems like a lot of tears no it's great in terms of like this is one like, okay, okay, but let's just follow me for a second. schemes are confusing. Just follow me for a second. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Phantom Menace is a thousand times more complicated than this. I'm this not going to start applauding. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to start doing things like Phantom Menace, then... This isn't too complicated. It's just because it's spoken word. If it was on screen, it'd be fine. It's just like, basically, there's seven bounty pucks. Ray gets one of them. Okay. Why are there seven? Just, we don't have to cut like around to every bounty hunter getting No, them. because... Okay, right. oh, just let me finish, for Christ's sake. So, the, the premise here yeah. is that... All these other bounty hunters are much better than Ray. Yeah. So her plan is, I'll just follow them and let them start the fight with Ben and Luke and then swoop in afterwards and take a, and grab the carrion, basically. And that's what she She's does. She's a scavenger bounty hunter. Scavenger bounty hunter. Still a scavenger. <laughs> we didn't reckon that much. Yes, um, we have. But yeah, so she comes in, she, she follows the bounty hunters and they've set a trap for Ben and Luke, but only Ben arrives because we've already established Luke is going to Hosnian Prime to sort stuff out and Ben has shot off by himself. And Ben comes in and he tries to kill them all because he's got no Luke watching him anymore. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of a bit of an edgy kid. Well, he's also got to survive. <laughs> and then because of, you know, plot shenanigans, an action scene ensues and then Ray manages to kidnap Ben after he gets wounded and injured by all these other bounty hunters. And stuff. Yep. So there's the fun little premise right. that I had that's apparently incredibly complicated. It's just the, like, why are the numbers? Hmm? Oh, I just Does like seven. You I like seven? seven. I thought it'd be cool to have, like, six bounty hunters versus yes. Ben. You like seven, do you, Voldemort? <laughs> <laughs> Seven's seven, a seven, powerful magical number. Seven pucks were given to the dwarf lords <laughs> in the halls of stone. That's what really else funny. has got seven? Just the movie Seven by David Fincher. I just thought it was uh, a fun little premise to have all these bounty hunters like chasing after Ben yeah, and Luke. That is and cool. then Ray mm-hmm. kind of swoops in afterwards after the main fight is done and yep. she kind of waits uh, in the wings for the perfect moment to, to jump in and profit. Well, see, that's so no, but that's what I think could be a very interesting sort of like. There's your motley crew. Let's let's do a bit of a mirroring of Empire Strikes Back bit, where it's the Gendai directly talking to like Vader talking to his bounty hunters. Maybe the Gendai directly talking to okay. his bounty hunters. Potentially, yeah. Facetime with our villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. that's a and our point. hero having Facetime with our villain. That's a very good point. And then she's like, "Why am I here? I am not like these guys." Because you've got like the the modern equivalent of like Had Bane and fucking the really cool uh, yeah. green bounty hunter from Jedi uh, Survivor. Yeah. She was awesome. But like, I can see what you're talking about in terms of like, oh, so right. because yeah. it could raise story could start with you know 
she she does a bounty. She goes back to who you know her sort of bounty boss, which could be Uncut Plot. And he's like, you know, you got to go, bloody go. You know, they're just calling for bounty hunters. They're trying to take down each other. Why are you sending me? You're, you're cheap. You're cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was fun. I thought yeah. it was a good because you want to start with a character who the... is at the bottom of their power scale yeah. and who yeah. can uh, you know increase from there. Yeah. Who can mm. get more powerful. But later. if it's yeah, but if it's it's him telling her the plot thing, then then she has to go and they all have direct FaceTime with the Gendai, with... who is actually giving out the pucks. Yeah. And he's like, this is the most power. Like these are the most expensive pucks yeah. you'll ever like, see. Yeah. Because you know, if you're gonna give out a very sensitive sort of job like that you want it to be direct you don't want to like pass it through and that's also a really cool scene that i hadn't thought of that's a very good point i actually love that uh you get to have facetime with the gendai and he says these are the most expensive things you'll ever see and then for ray that's her golden ticket yeah. her she wants to get enough money that she doesn't have to be poor anymore yeah she doesn't want this life and that's what her want is yeah but then meeting ben crystallizes her need where she learns it's, oh i actually need family family and, and, and security and, and trust and, and something something more than about. this yeah. life that i'm living yeah, this yeah, wage slavery yeah. life that's very simple yeah, right. that's easy which thing is a fun character arc that i really in the like first movie yeah james you had something you want to jump in oh no i was gonna throw in like what if it was like a like a baby driver situation where she owes money to Unclub Plot. See, I pitched that to Miller really the other day, that. and then it's Han Solo. It's weird. Which is a good but point. But then it's Han Solo. It's yeah, a, then it's it Han is. Solo. Which is, you know, it's it's a fun story, yes. but we we trying to avoid, you know, mm. already already tread ground. But here. I did like the direction you were going, so I still think we can have a, a scene of her flying a ship where Bell Bottoms plays. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Star yeah. Wars redub. Did you? I only heard this recently. They're changing jizz. Yes. I did yeah, hear about did. this. What's this is completely off topic, but it's fucking important. What is it? It's Jews? very important. <laughs> Wait, no, I think it's like Jews. Jizz? Jeez? Jats. Jats? I think it's the, Jats. Like the biscuit? The biscuit? The Aussie biscuit? The Aussie biscuit. Which uh, Do they have those in in the States? I don't know. Comment and let us know if they have it in the States. It's like a, it's it's, like a, a what do you call it? They're like a good ass like biscuit. A cracker. It's yeah. disgraceful. It is disgrace. But... I did also find out that the actual word jizz isn't, it's it's from like a sort of non-canon source, uh, which is unfortunate that it's not enshrined within the films. It's not mm-hmm. in like the subtitles or anything. Yeah, it's, it's um, like that, that one um that one guy in Jabba's palace who's like, hit it. Yeah. He doesn't like, give me some jizz. It's, do, I think do, it's do, from do, 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 a novelization do, do. Yeah, is what right. I heard, is that it's a novelization of like Return of the Jedi or something. It's like, uh, oh, jizz music plays. That's criminal. Which came first? <laughs> jizz or the jazz? double entendre, I think. No, which, which came, came first? Which came nice. first? Yeah. Um, so that's G- a jizz travesty, jizz, and yeah. I think you know we can all agree, jizz forever. So what you're jizz saying forever. is, yeah, yeah jizz, <laughs> Jesus, jizz will always be in our I mean, hearts jizz, and in our minds. Stay hydrated. They can never take jizz from us. Okay, yeah. that's that's ours forever. Not, if you not have unless, no idea, not unless we let them. <laughs> so just a quick, uh, did we cover that jizz is what the music is called? Like jazz music is called jizz. In the I, I think well. if you're listening to this podcast this you know, much, then you, you know. You're aware of the truth. We need a bit off camera We once. all need to storm Disney outside and get justice for jizz. It'll be like Storm the Area 51. They jizz. can't stop all of us. But they it's can't for, stop all it's of us. It's for Skywalker Ranch. They can't stop all the jizz. Um, <laughs> exactly. So basically what you're saying is we need to write it into the script that the character says the word jizz so that they can't take it away from yes. us. They look at camera and they say, I love jizz music. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Han yeah. Solo in his bar is just like, play that jizz, kid. Give me that, <laughs> give me that sweet jizz. <laughs> <laughs> we need to erase this entire portion of the episode. No, we uh, do not. <laughs> Thank you for bringing this up, Sandra. That was very important Star yeah. Wars news. I thought it, yeah, I think it's important news. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, quick thing. So. Because we're so close to where we can have a real crossover where our characters make sense. Yeah. Uh, so if yeah, Luke and Han are doing their own shit, they're still they're freeing planets. Whilst whilst the First Order are also doing their own shit, quote freeing planets. We can just have them be at the same planet. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The yeah. main conflict is one planet. The first movie. That's where my mind was heading as yeah. well. And so First Order Squadron goes after a Jedi. <laughs> it's pretty simple. The only one left is is Finn. Yeah. Potentially something like that. 
But yeah, I think that's some some really fun stuff that we've explored today with the crime underworld. Do we have any final notes as we get towards the end of the episode? I am curious. Yeah, hit it, Sandra. So Maul's dying before the original trilogy. Yes. And Kira's running on until around maybe the fall of Coruscant. Is yeah, that what we're yep. around thinking? that time period? Yeah. Is she still operating then as a crime boss, as a crime lord? Uh, Kira. Yeah, mate, with whatever, yeah. not even, it's I just with whatever so. she's got left at that point. Yeah, right. Because the huts are the main sort of force. No, nah, they're dead too, you know? No, 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 no. Leading, leading up to Return of the Jedi. Oh, leading, leading up, up to, to the... sorry, she I'd was. Say yes. yes, she was, still had, yes, still had that, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. But um, I think her story is more of like a, she's training with Maul. She's hmm. learning, I don't want to say like the ways of the Sith. But I don't think she's learning the force or anything, but she's learning like some cool techniques in terms of, you know, using weapons to kill people. I yeah. feel like the more will teach her that stuff. And also philosophy in terms of like, this is who Darth Sidious is. This is who Darth Vader is. I want to get my revenge on them because they betrayed me so long ago. So we sort of have some interesting time period here of, let me lay out sort of what I picked up from this whole episode. Uh, we have Shadow Collective run by Maul. Yep. This disassembles. Maul still is with Crimson Dawn as is in Solo, uh, Kira takes over Crimson Dawn. Maul then dies. At the hands of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, who is trying to protect Leia. Yep. Kira then continues to be runner underground crime syndicate. However, it's now currently in hut space because this is during Empire time and the Empire has made a deal with the huts. And then we get into the fall of Coruscant. Kira is helping sort of our main trio hunt down um, Imperial Loyalists Imperial and like Loyalists. Yeah, the, the fleeing Nazis heading off to Argentina. And it is we after... We need to give that planet a name. <laughs> yeah, Space Argentina. That yeah. needs a name, yeah. yeah. And it's after this time that the Gendai comes in. Uh, yeah. So could we even use the Gendai as... We, we brought up this idea of the rebels also making deals with the underworld. And the reason the Gendai was able to go into power so much is maybe he wasn't, you know, I agree with Mello. He shouldn't have always like had a big thing running. Jabba big, was the big thing. Jabba was the big thing. And yeah. We had more running the big thing. Yeah. But maybe he had a small thing running and he was supplying armaments to the rebels. Oh, yeah, so, sorry, that's just, fine. Yeah, what if he was the, like the first one to actually strike up that deal? So Interesting. Like, so his power was built from them, you know, in a sense. That's mm. really that's, cool. That sort of mutual I benefit. I actually really like that, that he was the one making those deals. Yeah. And, and the then, reason that, that they were quiet. come out with Leia at some point, that yeah. Leia is the mm. reason this big bad exists. That could be like a, also a huge bit of contention for our film. In Seven, that could be the big Ooh. thing to throw against Leia. That could be. That could be. That's really um, interesting. And this gives him the comfort to sort of be unoccupied for a good while after the fall of the empire and build some power there. and build some yeah. power there interesting i like a lot of that he's the one that they betrayed well there we go team <laughs> we've actually built some cool stuff for the crime underworld we did it but i think yeah having this gendai be a, a mafia boss who's kind of running the show post return of the jedi is a is a good place and to we be. are so close actually we've got all of this background Backstory, plot things, making the characters work. We're so close we're so to close. the important part. We are very Character close. Story. And in, I think, another week or two, we're going to start our writing boot camp, which is very, very exciting. Yeah. So Have we plugged a, that yet? Um, yeah, no, we're, we're playing yeah. at the start of the episode. So we've got a little bit of time that we need to kill because you guys are both going to be on set and then you're going on a cruise. So we've got some, I've got some scheduling stuff that I'm working on to, to cover that period of time. But once you're back, we're going to kick into seven weeks straight of just writing stuff. We're going to do... Act one breakdowns, script breakdowns. We're going to be throwing that all at the camera and talking about it live on camera. And it should be a blast. And it hopefully will not cause Sandra a migraine. We'll see how we go. Uh, or but, plot holes. Or plot holes. Nah, there's going to be plenty of those, I think. It's going to be so many plot holes. Well, that's fine. Because this is a on-screen fun 
writer's room time that we have here together. <laughs> and that's what we do. But until then, this has been Fixing the Sequel Trilogy. You can catch us here every week talking about Star Wars, Fixing the Sequel Trilogy. You can also find us on Instagram, uh, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. TikTok, and not fucking Twitter. Uh, give us a like, follow, throw some comments in the comment section. Tell us where we were wrong and why. We love hearing about it uh, from all our dedicated listeners. But until next time, may the force be with you.